Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to a special edition of a Totally Arsenal podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Borne, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Very unfortunate defeat on Friday night against Man United. You know, it, it was more a game of, uh, you know, wasted chances being the order of the day because, you know, going through the stats like over the uh, over the weekend, look, since it was actually a dreary weekend with us being already kicked out on Friday evening, um, you know, just going through the stats, it was like United seven shots at goal, four on target, and then, I mean, they eventually scored three goals. Um, Arsenal, nine shots at goal, five on target, one goal scored. And then, I mean, for me, uh, which was something that, that, that stood out like a sore thumb was Arsenal um, passes, uh, five, uh, close to 500. And, yeah, 567 uh, it was. Yeah, and uh, Man United were something like 272. Yeah. I mean, you just think of it, they had now less, I think less position, they also had less yeah. ball. But, I mean, look how they made it count to, you know, to really hurt us, to, you know, the, from the passing to the, you know, the, the picking out of players. I mean, it was all things that was not, you know, clinical and actually hurt us. I think it was also a, a matter of silly mistakes of individual errors as well, you know, team mm. not communicating with each other. And I'll point to that, you know, when you bring, when we go into the Sanchez goal, or actually all goals, in fact, I can actually isolate incidents where, you know, of course, issues that could have been prevented. Look, Arsenal started the game, you know, kind of quick. Um... You know, because I mean, at United were almost like just taking the punches, you know, sitting on the ropes and get, getting, you yeah. know, total like body shots, just riding it out. And I mean, up to the 21st minute, we were in total control of the game. I mean, because I was just out even thinking of where they really looked threatening up to that 21st minute. You know, there was nothing much coming from United. And then that Socrates injury, we ended yeah. up going for a challenge, landed quite awkwardly on his ankle and it will be substituted by Mustafi, heaven forbid. Um, and then, you know, that, that just that change already brought shakiness. And I mean, it's almost like United sniffed blood immediately when that sub uh, was done because, you know, that was also something that, that was kind of worrying if I think of Koscielny, you know, being the skipper because it's almost like we lost all sense of leadership when Socrates went off. Because it's almost yeah. like he was actually marshalling that defence to a T leading up to that that uh, that injury of his yeah um, and he, even Koshel they seem to have, have like a like solidified a, a decent partnership because yeah. we've been missing that now since the holding injury that's it's his holding's been injured we haven't you know Ito's stride with a decent back four because one moment is this guy playing one moment is this guy so we needed that consistency and continuity and we added with Socrates and Koshel and I mean it was actually it was like uh, their the partnership even uh, with the, with the Chelsea game as well. It was very, like, you know, tele, telepathic because, like, if, if one made the error, the other one would know, okay, I'm going to clean up here and whatever. Yeah. And then and vice versa. But it's almost like the minute that, uh, you know, like when Mustafi came in, it was all of a sudden, the, the, the like, because uh, he only seemed worried. Um, on the yeah. Maitland-Niles looked kind of confused because throughout that, that first 20-odd minutes, uh, Socrates was almost like, you know, marshalling everybody, you know, getting them in line, doing all the stuff. So, of course, you know, like I said, everything went really pear-shaped there. And, I mean, it took uh, Lukaku a reverse pass on 31 minutes to breach our defence. I mean, the, the defence 
seemed, you know, at sixes, at sevens, because yes. there's no communication there. Up and once ended up just, you know, staying back. It was, um, it was, it was the wingbacks that got caught out. It was Maitland Niles and Kalasinach. They yeah. both got, like, it was ridiculous, actually. Like, how does two players push up and the other two not know and the other two stand there? It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And then Alexis ended up, uh, you know, collecting the ball, rounded check, you know, typical what we know of him. And then he just chipped the ball into an empty net. And then Arsenal, almost like, you know, from the, the, the kickoff then, it was a case of that, that only the North London derby in the, in the league where we ended up conceding. And then within a space of two minutes, the next goal gets conceded because still rock from the goal. We're trying to, you know, somehow recover. Our fullbacks are pushing up so high. I mean, I was thinking to myself, you know, even even when we were a goal down, I was thinking rather, you know, compose yourselves as a, as yeah. a you know, until everybody is comfortable. Because look, that also takes a lot out of you if you got seed, especially now a home game. But it's like, you know, everything just went like, you know, bananas really. Because when that goal, because Lukaku ended up, you know, running down the flank, cutting the ball inside, and Jesse Lingard comes in with a late run and just passes the ball into the net. With a replay, it really showed where everything went wrong for us. Yes. Colasinas was going so high. And I mean, look, he was supposed to be marking Lukaku for that time because look, Lukaku was over time then just spread out wide as a winger, yeah. like a winger. And I mean, that is where, you know, where we've always been hopping on the whole, like few podcasts already about the discipline of the team. And that is where they totally lack it because, I mean, to have your fullback going that far up and then it takes one long pass to get to Lukaku. And it already takes out the left back. And then with that long pass, we ended up being some like three versus two because I recall two United players, it was Lingard and another, I don't know if it was Herrera or Sanchez, but it ended up where there were three versus the two uh, centre-backs. And yeah, that was, yeah. No, carry on, carry on. sorry, carry on. Because then it was like, you know, Lukaku had all the, 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 the space and the time since look, he already ran into that open pocket of space. For him to now get his head up and and you know actually pick out who we wanted of of the two players that were hitting us on the break. And if you look at that goal, so that people that pass that Luke Shaw hits to Lukaku, Kosciuszko tries to play him offside. It's of maybe time to close the space. I mm. mean, didn't they learn from the 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 first goal we conceded? So he like by trying to play him offside, he obviously gives Lukaku even more time. You know to get down the wing and then, like you said, cut it back to Jesse Lingard. And I mean, it, 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 it really annoyed me in a way was the fact that uh, Solskjaer then said, like either day or so after the game, uh, he had the players watch the, the, the Champions League, uh, I think, semi-final that Arsenal played against Man United at, at um, the Emirates where Ronaldo totally demolished us you know, within nothing of the first yeah. five or so minutes. And uh, yes, actually yes. made the same same errors again in a game like this, like you know, years after. He, he mentioned it yeah, in his, his post-match interview as well, where he actually said as well, they always call counter-attacking goals like that, even in '97, I think, or '98, '97 when we beat him three-two, I think it was. They also scored a counter-attacking goal to equalize or something like that at the Emirates, or not the Emirates, sorry, at the Ivory. So it's it's been a thing that keeps on going. 
year after year, year after year, and they do the same thing to Arsenal, and we still haven't learned from it. I mean, where, what, what shocks me is the fact that we can go with this, this is blistering pace forward, but when the ball gets booted the other way, I mean, this is something that Graham Sooners has always been on about. It's like they just don't want it, you know, that to, to, to do the dirty work running back. So it's like you get yeah. them all, you know, in that gung-ho spirit going forward, but then you have this lethargic sort of, or that, that, that total blackout moments where they just do not know what's happening behind them when they have to now start running back. And it, it okay. really worries me because there's, there's been other games this season where we've maybe won by the odd goal or had, like, you know, a draw. But it's like, had the, the opponent being more clinical, we would have probably lost the game because we were caught out with things like this. The very same thing. And and it's it's, it's not it's actually disgusting, actually, the word. To concede two goals like we did in quick succession. I mean, don't you learn after going one all down? Like, it's yeah, exactly. it's not on at all. I mean, that needs to be worked on, and it, it, it happens often, even at um, Anfield, when we conceded, and next thing you know, we're conceding again. It's something needs to be worked on because you can't let the wheels come off like that when you concede. And I mean, look, like the crowd was up for to a point, but I mean, by the time that that second body blow came, I mean, that you could hear the 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 spirit or the atmosphere was totally gone in that crowd. I mean, they were trying to, but I mean, it seemed like the players also did not, you know, also to a somewhat degree, but you know, they they did somehow come back with a when 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 Ramsey, you know, burst through into the United box, uh, allowing. Aubameyang to bundle the ball in. I mean, even there, they didn't really look confident with the finishing even. Like, yes. was, you know, because uh, I first thought he's, you know, he scuffed it wide mm -hmm. next, until I saw the neck bulge. Mm -hmm. I thought this is actually one of the, probably the easy chance he would miss that you've been on about. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was a good run by Ramsey. It was a nice, yeah. amazing run and it's, it's something we've been missing. You know, even though he's, he's not the faces of guys, but to just take on like that, not a lot of guys would have no, got that right. So, like you mentioned, Aubameyang scoring the tap-in, like you said, I thought you would miss, but he really needs to put more chances away, like become the Aubameyang of Dortmund again. But, you know, I, I was also wondering about that, you know, the way we were playing and that I thought, you know, that, that, that sort of position we had, we would actually hurt United more because, look, David De Gea is normally like a stumbling block for us. Because, I mean, they had him last season, I think we... A 3-1, yeah. Yeah, he single-handedly won that game because, I mean, he was making saves in that match. You know, it was unbelievable, some of the saves he, he pulled off. And I thought now with, with Sergio Romero in goal, I thought, okay, this is now, you know, our chance to now dominate them, really, and, and, and you know, eke out errors by him and that. But, I mean, he played a, a good, a solid game throughout. So, yeah. And he made then, memorable uh, saves, actually, that I can yeah. recall. Mm -hmm. And then, um, second half, Already started on a kind of or kind of a negative note within the first ten minutes or so. Where in a, a clash between Kosielny and Lukaku, uh, Lukaku ended up accidentally, you know, tramping on the side of of Koscielny's head, which of course caused some damage to his jaw. And I think you know, of course, he had with a doctor and the physio were busy treating. He was uh, something like he ended up having like a sort of locked jaw, so he could not really open and close his mouth. And I mean, you could already think. What's going to happen if he must even attempt an head, uh, head or something? Yeah. You know, safety came first and he came off. Um, what's the thing that came on for him? 
was it not uh, was it I know it was, was it not um going down was he that came on or was he on already? But oh, yeah. I, I know yeah. I know Shaka got pushed to the centre back there. Well, we made a double yeah, we made double substitution because Ozil yeah, well, we came off. off yeah well we came off as well then for yeah. Ozil. Because then Xhaka dropped back into central defence. When Dozy took that defensive mid roll and then Ozil did that free roaming up up in the final third. Then then um Ramsey was denied by Romero with a good save. I think it was a quite a close angle header that I thought that Ramsey could have actually put away. Mm. Do you recall that? Yeah, we just tipped over the crossbar, I remember that. And then I think I had a shot yeah. I had a powerful drive at the get goal. And then obviously uh Olegana Solskjaer decided to bring on uh, his speed demons in Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. And I think by that time they would have had already you know, Arsenal had exerted themselves and they had to go for it. Arsenal mm. had to push for it. And then I don't know if you like if you watch the third goal again now, Uzl and like I said, you know, try to fancy one, two, it fails. And then you just watch Uzl, if you get a chance to watch the goal again, how Uzl jogs behind Pogba. He doesn't even make an effort to sprint back. He jogs behind Pogba and Pogba just runs straight through the whole Arsenal team. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's our team, and then, but I mean, to see stuff like that, I mean, that, you know, as much as you love the team, I mean, it's laughable. I mean, how can, I mean, you have these, you, you know, top paid professionals, and they're doing things like this because, I mean, besides the, the Ozil thing now, I mean, the way he now, like, people like Torreira, and they were just bouncing off him and, and you know, tripping and stumbling. And I'm thinking, <laughs> is anyone gonna, you know, do something to stop this? And I mean, to even allow. That shot to go off, and then I mean, and then check, of course, parries the ball into Martial's path, which is like you know, one error that leads to another, leads to another. <laughs> and, and Martial don't need a second invite to calmly tuck the ball into the net. 3 1 game over, yeah, that was the end of it. But in, in hindsight, like you mentioned, you messaged me privately, or maybe it was a voice note where you actually told me that you know. A, even though it's bad that we are the FA Cup, it could have also been a blessing in disguise because at the moment, I think our players with the injuries don't have the capacity to cope with all the competitions. I think Premier so, League and Europa League now is our main focus. And I mean, if you now watch also uh, with regards to some of the other fixtures or, or some of the other things that have been happening now over the, over the last, over the weekend now, you see some of, of the like the top teams are like they keep on losing now playing. Because I, I yeah. wonder if, if I saw Tottenham also have now another like where they have an injury that, that could be now, you know, crucial to their run. And I mean you can already see how they are struggling now without uh Harry Kane now, they they're struggling without Son. And I mean Son is now complaining about being depressed after this thing, or not depressed really, but uh like mentally drained from Having to play the World Cup, having to play the Premier League, and now having to play the Asia Cup, and it's it's like you can see it's now for him. He said he feels almost like he's running on empty. So I mean, if if, if you have not look, Chelsea are now trying to now turn the season somewhat around as well because look, they were still kind of rocked from that defeat from us, but I mean they saw off Sheffield Wednesday. But a lot of people were saying it was a three 0 game, but. It wasn't, you know, that much to write home about for them. So, I mean, it's still all open, you know, going for that that, that uh, top four. But 
at the moment, United look like they're on a, like a real mission because yeah. I, we would give up, you know, put up a better fight against them, which we did not. Um, I was uh, somewhat annoyed, like, you know, hearing some Arsenal fans, I mean, I'm not mentioning our names, but those wannabe social media, you know, pundits or whatever. I mean, talking about almost like they, you know, the, 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 the amount of money that United put in and what Arsenal put in. I just think Arsenal did not have the fight for the sort of battle on Friday night, whereas United were, you know, they had their game plan, which was, you know, almost like play within themselves to a degree. Yeah. But still show that solidity in defence, because it's not like we carved them, you know, the chances open and that we actually worked our chances, but we just did, you know, the, the, the finishing was poor. At times, even the ball control was poor because, I mean, we should have also been a few goals. But it's, again, you know, moments like this that, that cost us. If you look at the goals Arsenal concedes, it's not a carving of the Arsenal team open. It's not the case of, you know, a mesmerizing run. It's just defensive errors all the time. It's, it's errors. It's, and that's the, the alarming thing. Like, what is getting worked on at training? Because, I mean, with, with that, especially that first goal, when you see the amount of time that, that Lukaku has first, and the defense does not know whether to stick or twist, and they, you know, totally destroy it. And it, it looks like a more clumsy ball that he's playing. But I mean, it gets through, it beats our defense, it, it beats the whole back four of ours. And, you know, the, the way some people are going on about check and, you know, whatever. But I mean, for me, it's just when you're going to commit yourself like that, it, if you're coming up against a player, say, like Sanchez, He's gonna try to either go around you or something like to you know to out trick you, and then of course with that the second goal as well. Also, again, a reckless moment where the left back is again throwing us under the bus by pushing so far high up. He's not even watching because I mean I don't know if you remember in between. On oh, sorry, sorry, not actually in between. I think some uh, a few minutes prior to that first goal, he was Lukaku was already doing that and getting free from Brazil. Yes, and it was almost like for me, as you were saying early on, why are they not learning from that that errors? And that was already a warning sign. Like you know, this is going to be his game plan against you because he knows you're always, you know, playing as a wing back and just going forward. That's your 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 strength. And that was where they actually exploited him again with his weakness again of the tracking back thing. And that is where a uh, key moments like that. Look, that was now it was like two gifted goals, and also what well, that's even more. It's like a goal considered thirty first, thirty third minute like that. Yes, and, and that takes you out the game. Mm. That's something that Arsenal lacks doing again. When Arsenal score, they spur chances. Then and the other team gets back in the game. If Arsenal get to start, you know, obviously defending better, but also take your chances when you go one up to make it two and all. If you knock the winner to the team sales, they're not going to come as firing. But like we always like we give them a lifeline, most chances, most chances, and they get the corner or uh, you know our defense isn't the most stable, and then we give the goal and it's one one, and suddenly all that hard work now we use energy, and the team's back in the game. Mm. So okay, we end up on that game now. We switch our attention to the match versus Cardiff this evening. Um, it's going to be a very emotional game for for Cardiff, you know, with the. With regard to the disappearance of one of the new signings, Emiliano Sala. So, I mean, you just don't know what sort of mindset they're going to be in now this evening. Look, Arsenal, at the end of the day, they have a job to do. They're going to try to go for their yeah. three points. So, you know, it's, it's just whether to see if, if Neil Warnock can now get these two. Because, look, 
from what I've heard, um, it's been also tough on the Cardiff players because, look, I think they've met him once or twice, you know, uh, leading up to this whole transfer and that. And it's, it's like, you know, affected them, like mentally affected that whole team. But, I mean, they're willing, they said also they're willing to, you know, see that they play the game and that. So, it's so professional of them and, yeah. and like, you know, kudos to them mm. for doing that. So, you know, it's going to really see what sort of character we show as well. You know, are we going to come with a more ruthless approach, even though the situation is like this now for Cardiff or do Cardiff come, you know, play almost like they're playing for him, you know. For that's, my, that's what I'm scared of, actually. Yeah. Arsenal go there with a lax mentality and Cardiff go with all guns blazing. Yeah. And I don't know who's going to be our centre-backs. I mean, uh, I, I know Mustafi, but do they bring in that Mavrapanos? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah, he's, he's been training now with the team and I think he's also drafted in the squad now. Oh, it's a, it's a bit stressful. But if you think about it, and I know we've, you know, have been a bit inconsistent since December. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, our right back versus right backs injured. He's gone for the whole season. Then our top centre back was Rob Holding, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Our Socrates was, you know, second in command with him, or you know, the two of them were the mainstays at the back. Injured. Montreal had an excellent season last season. Or the past few seasons, and he also just so can't seem to, you know, catch a break as well. So it's a tough time for Arsenal as well, and we're gonna have to get through this and show what we're made of. But it also shows you, how, you know, how big of a summer it's gonna be because you're gonna wonder now: do we, you know, make the drastic changes where you know you're gonna allow people, so like Mustafi, to go? Um, Monreal is gonna be more thought of as a, um, you know, backup, and then a. Uh, you know, more stable and solid left back gets brought in, uh, sort of backup, a very strong uh, sort of backup for for Ballerin is brought in. You know, that can really keep the heat on him when he does come back, but can yeah. also uh, lead the line when because uh, Ballerin will probably only come back probably September, October, even November because look, he's he's got also a very long term injury, so. You're gonna need a, a right back that's gonna get a full pre preseason under the belt, plus, you know, taking on the the 2019-20 uh, season. I actually go for the entirety of Wolves. I know a lot of clubs will probably be in for him, but I mean, I would you know put 30, 40 million maybe on him because he can be a very good competition with Victor Balladin, and who knows, you know, you can even push maybe Balladin a bit further up the pitch in some games. You know, some away games you can have almost like two defensive. You're right on your right side, so yeah. I, I would go for him. He's like Liverpool took a gamble with Andrew Robertson, and look how that paid off. Because I, I, when I think of, of Arsenal, the transition now with, with uh, from Wenger to Emery, I sometimes I think Arsenal should also adapt that way. Um, I don't know if you recall where Arsenal used to play with, with Ashley Cole starting, and then Clichy will see out the game, then other yes. games, Clichy will get uh. You know the the left back slot, and then actually Cole would maybe come on as a wing back. So you've got yes. that old left flank solidified, and I think that we also did it at, at some points with the right back thing. Also, we, we over time also drafted in Lauren and and, and I forgot yeah. what person was, but then they would also you know double up that right flank. So you've got almost like a, a real wall going across the from the defense to the full backs. And that is, I think, what Arsenal need to bring back again into the game. They, after that invincible season and that, when, when the team started getting taken apart, that is where we lacked 
you know, we never really had that that sort of uh, solidity on either flank because every time we we're developing wingers or, or, or outside left or right players, they are all players that are going to go forward, but they they are very poor, you know, tracking back. So we are always yeah. almost like allowing the our left and right back to be doubled up with the, by the opposition. We don't have the Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn type of wing backs anymore. You know, we could do both attacking and defending. Mm. I think we need to get that again. Okay, now, I mean, uh, we look, we're going to uh, rather, uh, you know, do the Man City build up for the Saturday podcast. So, I mean, also going to be another hectic game. So, uh, I think it's also going to be. And I'd give up one also an idea how the game plan will be for Sunday because I think Emery will probably also try to maybe save one or two players maybe for that game. I mean, look, he's not somebody really that, that does that. I mean, I'm not just speaking from the heap now. But, I mean, I'm just thinking, wondering now, does he think that's mindset also with Man City? Because, look, I, I, I think what would be a good week for Arsenal, like, you know, starting now with this uh, evening's game, you know, it's like a winter night and even a draw on, on Sunday against Manchester. I think a draw is perfect. I think mm. four points at these two games. So not a lot of teams are going to go to the ATR and pick up three points. We already threw our three points at home against them. So mm. we need to make sure that we don't, you know, lose this game. Because it's going to become tight. Because we Man United aren't going to drop points easily. And so on. The rest the Spurs look a bit brittle. So, so from, from, from our losses this season... I think the ones that make made us look, you know, really bad. We, you know, we. It's not you can say, you know, we had a poor game, but as that Man City defeat opening day of the season, because it's like they did not give us anything. Yeah. It's not like we were even, you know, really involved in the game. It's like they saw to it that they stopped us from playing our game, and then they also forced their game upon us, which means I mean we could not deal with. And same poor Lustana at the also we thrown in the deep end, so. Mm. Wasn't it a good game to have a start to start the season? But I mean, look, it also gives one hope when you see how some teams have also come up against um, Man City and also you know taking the game to them, you know, almost like fear, fearlessly taking the game to them. Because I think as a minute you have that almost like the doubt or that fear in you, City smell it and they normally you know overrun you and they they more often than not they will demolish you. But I mean, if you come with a, a certain game plan, if you watch some of the games also like. Uh, when Chelsea beat him, it was also a, to a T, like everything was done to a T and, and it was a very disciplined thing. It was not everybody's just, you know, doing their own or playing their own game. Every Like you had even people like Hazard tackling in midfield and, and, and overpowering them. So, you know, that is the sort of mindset we should go in for this game as well. The only problem is we're going there with almost zero centre-backs. <laughs> That's my only worry. Uh, well, the, the, I hope we can get a signing in before and maybe he can play by yeah. then. Like I heard, as you said, Gary Cale could could uh, be uh, an option to come to Arsenal. Yes, but I mean, at the moment, we're so tight with the money. I mean, I, I think we're probably going to be stumped by somebody like Fulham or Crystal Palace that are even after him. So, you know... It's going to be quite tough the way how, how, you know the, the what the club has on offer or what what Emery has in hand to allow the you know the, the the club will allow him to now spend on players. So that just that takes us now to some of the news that has now popped up the last forty eight hours. Um, Dennis Suarez, the deal looked for dead, and now it's again back on. But from what I heard now, they, um, 
one of the, the latest reports it said uh, he's even missed out training today as well so it looks like barcelona do want this thing to now get over the line because i think he also needs that uh, you know i was discussing with a friend early on about dennis suarez because he you know there's no clue really about him and he was now asking me about suarez and i said look he wants or he needs a real break you know at, at a bigger team whereas at barcelona if you look at who's he, who he has ahead of him he's not really gonna you know make that sort of break whereas at arsenal he has now a manager that you know sort of knows him that yeah. you know, is also looking for people that that can you know explode on the scene at the club i mean the club needs that sort of impetus or that oomph you know to take us now forward because sometimes it also feels like you know certain players heads are dropping and they need a sort of boost of fresh blood to come in the team that can maybe energize that squad as well i think and that even passage as well he could also be a, a arsenal player i think they just need to i think as you told me as well that that is to the um finer details between inter milan and arsenal just need to be sorted yeah, because out. at the moment i heard they also um let him train on his own the last few days now so as well, they are kind of excluding him from the squad. And I mean, I think he also feels unwanted there. And I think maybe this could be also a, a boost for his career, even if it's a loan or whatever. But I mean, he can add also a lot to our team because, look, even as a winger, whether he was at Dortmund or not, Inter, he's somebody that can, you know, ride a tackle. He can, yes. you know, do long busting runs on either flank. And I mean, he can cause damage. I mean, look, if you see the sort of teams that were after him after the World Cup, uh, yeah, you know that's the sort of character we need to get in the team that can really also light up the Emirates. Because I mean, when last we have somebody that's you know bursting forward, but also positive and knows what you know what he wants to do exactly. Because it's not like we end up we have these players, these exciting players say like Mkhitaryan and Iwobi, they they get themselves into that final third, but then it's like they do not know, you know, they don't have that cut decisions uh, making the skills really in the game. Yeah, even to be lacking. I mean, Aubameyang as well is supposed to kind of be that guy that you know likes the Emirates a lot. Yes, he has been banging in gold. And and by the way, I'm not hating on Aubameyang all the time. He's actually one of my favorite players at at Arsenal. But it's just I know like what his potential is, and he's not reaching it at the moment. And um, as we're now winding down with the podcast, I just want to also give a big up to Aaron Ramsey and, and Alexander Lacazette because you know the loss. Especially the last, if you take this, it's been also quite tough January. But I mean, the two of them have been really, you know, putting it all out on the pitch. You know, giving the all for the team. I mean, you can see that sometimes it's games when you're thinking, you know, these are the type of guys that are trying guts and blood, guts and glory to get something, you know, to win something for us. But it's like sometimes the, the rest of the team are not on that sort of wavelength. You know, you're not seeing that sort of... Yeah. I mean... Ramsey, of course, his mind is already probably slowly drifting to the Juventus deal. But, I mean, he's still playing his heart out for the club. But, I mean, he's still... Yeah, he's very professional. Yeah. And, I mean, Lacazette is also somebody... I mean, he's always getting the short end of the scroll with with, with substitution, being substituting it. But, I mean, he shows a hell of a lot of heart. I mean, he plays himself till he's, like, you know, empty on that pitch. So, I mean, you know, I just want to give them props because, I mean, they deserve it. They two players that have really pulled out all the stops, especially going now into 2019. Yeah, I, I can actually, you know, once Adam Ramsey leaves, he's probably one of the few players you can look at, you know, and actually if Juventus, if he goes to Juventus and ever comes to the Emirates Stadium, you can actually give him, you know, a round of applause. You can't, you know, really slate the guy because he's put it all out there. 
And you know, one thing that, that, that in a way, um, you know, saddens me is like, you see this this talent that has now developed over that, that 10 years and the, the way yeah. the football has now changed. It's like you don't even have testimonials anymore. I mean, look, I no. we used to end up watching Lee Dixon's or Odomiri yeah. or Keown's. And, yeah. Now it's like something of the past because now the minute you get that, that, that um, free transfer gets done, you know, that's it. They, the club, yeah. they cut immediately ties with the player and, you know, don't really do the, those sort of things anymore. That's, that's quite sad. And uh, I wish him all the best, you know, with what, whatever he, go, he decides. Okay. And so I would like to, our listeners, you know, I hope you like the podcast. We appreciate your listenership because, I mean, it means a hell of a lot to both of us. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the game this evening. I hope it's a positive result. I hope we get the three points and keep knocking on the top four's door. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys.